Hello and welcome to Surrendering Average. I'm your host, Joel Mahe. Today's episode is titled, Why Our Thoughts Give Rise to Our Fears. And today we will explain how our external input has a direct correlation with the type of thoughts that populate our minds each day. I'll use a personal example of how Jess and I were in the exact same circumstance, but yet we experienced completely different fearful emotions. And I'll also dive deep within a type of framework that is going to help with this fear response. So please, focus in and be present as you begin to surrender your average life. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope everyone's doing great today. And as I've mentioned before, I I record these episodes in advance. And today is December 19th. And we take possession of our new home on the 22nd. So really in just a few days. So we're in the last the last crunch, the last push, getting our house um, all organized, things packed in boxes and getting everything done with the lawyers and all the documents and closing documents. So it's a bit hectic uh, moving into the Christmas break. But it's going to be really nice just to settle into our to our new home over the break. And we both have some time off for Christmas holidays. So we're really looking forward to that. But on another note, today's episode is titled, Why Our Thoughts Give Rise to Our Fears. So I think we can all relate that this year especially has been a year that many people have been aggressively impacted by fear, whether that's the, the obvious COVID-19, uh, politics, whether that's Canadian politics, especially the American politics with Trump and the election that they had, global matters, big movements, just a lot of hate and a lot of fear that's been circulating through the news and that's had a drastic impact on a lot of people's lives. I want to say that most of the time we overgeneralize why we think we're scared and why we're experiencing fear. We blame it on a main general category such as work or COVID or politics. Like We just generally categorize that, oh, I must be fearful because of this. And we put that blame in a very general category. And we don't take the time to fully understand what might be going on. So today I want to break this down with the hopes that you leave today feeling more empowered and have a tactical strategy to minimize fear or at least reduce your susceptibility to fear. So our thoughts give rise to our fears. Let me explain with a recent story that I encountered. So as I mentioned recently, it was my 30th birthday and Jess and I went to the mountains. So we took a road trip. It's about a four, four and a half hour drive. And it was a nice evening, beautiful sun. Sun was setting as we were getting closer to the mountains. But as we were entering the mountains, sun went down and it got darker. And as it got dark uh, uh, and we we entered into the valleys, there was a massive windstorm. Like the winds picked up drastically and you can feel them bashing against the car. And you had a counter steer against the wind and it was uh, little rock pebbles were flying up. Like it was quite the windstorm. And, and during this windstorm, Jess, Jess started to get a bit scared and, um, she was telling me, Joel, slow down, slow down. Like 
you know, she was, she was really worried. So I slow down, I pull over into the right lane and I slow down to about 60, 70 and the, the speed limit's about a hundred and these cars are just flying by us. And I'm like, Jess, do I really need to go this slow? And she was pretty scared. And so she, I, I look over and she's on her phone and I said, what are you looking at? She says, the weather app. And it's saying danger, dangerous winds, extreme danger. And, uh, and she formulated it. And we talked about this and what was going through her mind afterwards. But she formulated a connection with this weather network warning, dangerous winds, and formulated a connection in her mind that that could mean that the vehicle could flip over. So at this point, that's her input. And that's what she's thinking is going to happen in our in our situation. So at this point, this is what we don't normally comprehend of what's going on. But at this point in her mind, the amygdala portion of the brain, the reptilian non evolved portion is running the show. And when we when we're triggered with fear that triggers our amygdala, when the amygdala is triggered, we enter a fight, flight or freeze response, survival mode, the stress response. And the amygdala sends a distress signal to the hypothalamus, which is the command center of the brain, which activates the sympathetic nervous system by sending signals through the autonomic nerves to the adrenal glands. And these glands respond by pumping the hormone epinephrine, which is essentially adrenaline, into the bloodstream. So all this is happening almost at an instantaneous level, and this will cause physiological changes in our body. We'll have a faster heart rate. Our pulse rate and blood pressure will go up. We will start breathing more rapidly in just narrow breaths. Our vision will get narrowed. And you're just really dialed into that fearful event. You're focused on the fearful event in front of you. You're not, it, it almost sinks you directly into the present moment, but only focusing on that danger, only focusing on the fear. So, and, and these things can be very useful in certain survival circumstances. Like that's why we evolved this way. That's why our amygdala evolved this way was to survive in the past when there was something dangerous or a fearful event. We evolved to just focus on it and really zoom in, get so clear and focused that we can respond to usually fight, flight or freeze. So it gets us pumped up, our adrenaline's going, our, our, our vision gets narrowed, we're dialed in and we're ready to either fight, run away, or we freeze. <laughs> but um, So all this can be extremely useful or, or it can go the contrary in, in an event like this. It can, it can perpetuate the fearful emotions you're experiencing and actually put you into a more dangerous situation. So that was kind of what was Jess, what was going through Jess's mind during this windstorm. But meanwhile, I was driving the vehicle and I had literally the exact same physical circumstance. We were in the same vehicle. We were on the same road. We were in the same windstorm. We're going to the same destination. Everything was physically the same in our external reality. But it was what was happening in our internal, in our brain, in our thoughts, in our mindset of what created a different emotion. So, um, the, the only fear I was really picking up was just, I think my mirror neurons might've been picking up on what Jess's fear was. I was like, Jess, the only fear I'm feeling right now is just your, your anxiety, your, your anxiousness right now. But my input was not reading an app, not, not making a connection and not having a visual of our car flipping over based on that. I saw danger, extreme winds. Instead, my input was the stats that I was seeing. 
I had not seen one vehicle that was flipped over, not to mention semis. Semis, Empty semis will be the first thing to flip because they have the biggest surface area. They're the most boxy and they have the biggest yeah, surface area for the wind to hit. And they're going to they're gonna be the first ones to flip over. So I was looking at the stats. I was looking at my surrounding and I was also gauging the situation with a physics calibration of how hard the wind was hitting our, our side. And did I feel like we were actually going to tip or am I just getting pushed over to the side a little bit? So the, my inputs were leading me to feel much more in control and calm. So my point to this story is that our mental inputs followed by the thoughts we have based on those inputs will affect the level of fear we experience. So as I mentioned, we had the exact same circumstance, we're in the exact same situation, but because our inputs were different, um, that led us to having different thoughts. And if we remember the formula, our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions will dictate how the actions we take and the actions will um, derive our results. So we can have we can always have the same situation as someone else, but what we feel and what we act upon afterwards can be completely different. So other examples of how this affects us, think about again, COVID. What inputs are you taking in? Are are you clicking all the horrific headlines, only watching news stories daily, talking about the death toll? Well, if this is the case, of course, you will be terrified. You'll be constantly activating that sympathetic response system. You'll always be in fight, flight, or freeze because you're only inputting all this catastrophic, horrific news or politics. You know, are you on a daily basis? Are you digesting information that Trump is going to ruin the nation and all this fear of Trump getting reelected and that could lead to World War III? If these are your inputs and your thoughts are just going to follow what your inputs are telling you, of course you're going to be leading, living in fear or fear of the world matters, all the hatred and all the suffering. And, you know, if these are the headlines and if this is what we're only putting in, we're going to see our view of the world is going to be fearful. We're going to be scared of what's going to happen because that those are our only inputs. But even even for me, so it's. It, and I'm not saying turn a blind eye to all this. You know, I have the awareness of what's going on in the world. I have the awareness of what's happening with COVID, with what's happening with politics to a certain degree. But I don't get, I don't indulge in those all the time. You know, we're going to hear of the very important things that come our way. You know, I don't actively look for headlines on COVID, but I know what the restrictions are. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know that I have to wear a mask out in public. Like all that information will still get passed along with to me if it's important enough. It just it just happens. But I don't need to actively look for it. And unfortunately, there's also algorithms in all social media that that will keep showing you content based on what you've clicked on before and how long you've looked at an article and how long you've watched a video. It formulates algorithms to make sure that it's keep giving you the content that you watch the most. So it's a self-perpetuating thing. It's just going to keep showing you more and more and more. And those inputs are just going to be repeated and repeated. And you're going to have those thoughts that relate to your inputs. So for me, I don't, I, I, I'm aware of that and I don't indulge in that. And I, I, I control my inputs. How, how is it that I'm living in the same circumstance, um, but I'm not feeling these fearful 
emotions, you know, because I am aware of my inputs. I'm putting the proper inputs that are going to help me the most to strive during this time, succeed and, and not get affected as much as probably some other people. And again, I'm not saying turning a blind eye. And I know some people have been through awful situations and, and there are deaths that come of this. And that's a horrible thing. But again, you know, we, it's just to empower ourselves. We don't need to feel that fear all of the time. So if these are the common inputs we're putting into our brains, it's no doubt we're living in that fear because it's inevitable what thoughts will follow those inputs. So this can have a negative short-term effect and long-term effect. So the short-term effect is going to be, you're going to have those perpetuating fearful thoughts, which will lead to those anxious feelings, those feelings of being scared and just not a comfortable situation, such as the Jess example and driving to the mountains. She was ex she was experiencing the negative feelings as if it were true that we were going to flip. So even though the physical um, event of flipping didn't happen, she still felt the feelings of what it would feel like if we were going to flip. So that's just not a good place to be sitting in. And this is also extremely dangerous because our thoughts will eventually become self-fulfilling prophecies if we focus on them enough. And subconsciously, we manifest what we believe. Believing these negative thought, these negative inputs will taint our perception what we are experiencing, and we will feel like our fear is our reality. And sometimes our thoughts will automatically actually become our, not automatically, but they'll actually become a reality if we focus on it enough. And think about that. Everything in the physical realm first started as a thought, whether it's an invention, whether whoever invented the table, whoever invented a car, whoever invented any kind of theory, it was first a thought. So the, we underestimate the power of our thoughts. And if we focus on those thoughts enough, eventually we will bring that into physical reality. So it's dangerous to not know the power of our thoughts. And here's a, just a, a simple example of the power of our thoughts. Let's say you wake up on a Monday morning and you stub your toe first thing in the morning. Then you continue to have a bad events that occur and you're saying to yourself in your head, how can this day get any worse? Or, oh, I hate Mondays. This stuff always happens to me. And then throughout the day, you keep creating something bad happens you know you stub your toe first thing then you go and brush your teeth you go to make coffee you spill coffee then you go to walk out the door you drop your briefcase you go to walk to your car and you slip on a piece of ice and this keeps happening and you keep telling yourself how can this day get any worse or oh this is why i hate mondays and you're just your your, your thoughts are self-fulfilling prophecies and I, like and i I, I've experienced this to the fact that because I think my awareness is so high on it, but I, I've had examples such as if I'm mad or grumpy and I'm I'm unloading the dishwasher and I'm putting away dishes and I just more so maybe that I want Jess to maybe acknowledge that I had a bad day or something and I'm putting away dishes and I'm all frustrated and they're, they're slamming on the counter and all of a sudden I stub my elbow and I say, oh, my elbow. And, you know, and then I have, I almost have this awareness of like, Hey, did I actually do that really on accident? Or was that because I'm trying to almost make my situation worse? You know, my thought is, oh, I had such a bad day. How can I'm just in this grumpy mood and, and I just perpetuate that grumpy state or whatever it may be by hitting my elbow subconsciously because my thoughts are telling me that I'm grumpy. 
And if you can really reflect on situations in your life and really dig into that, I bet you can relate to that or that you might have experienced that. Let's say you're fixing something and you're extremely frustrated and you're tightening a screw and all of a sudden you, you slip and you cut your, your hand because in your mind you're saying, oh, I don't want to be doing this and I'm so frustrated or whatever it may be. And then you, you, actually, you actually physically <laughs> create a worse situation for yourself based on what your thoughts are telling you instead of saying, oh, I'm going to fix this and this is all going to be all right. And, you know, just, just look at that and try to think of an example that that might be true in your life. So let's dial back to the windy situation and driving. So I think it's even more dangerous if you believe your input. So the input was Jess thought she was going to flip based on what she saw on the Weather Network app, dangerous high, danger high winds. Because just like that bad day example where we keep creating bad situations throughout the day based on our thoughts, we might subconsciously be looking for ways to fulfill the prophecy of flipping that car, even if it's catastrophic. Or there will at least be a higher probability of something bad to, that's going to happen. And if we remember that, again, the sympathetic response system, when we become tense and our heart rate's going up and we're, we're just going to be a lot more tense and anxious. Now, let's say, let's say that I was driving and I was experiencing those heightened senses of anxiety and worry and I'm a lot more tense. Now, all of a sudden, a big wind gust hits and I jerk the steering wheel because I'm more tense to counteract the wind, that is actually going to be give us a more likelihood of flipping. You know what I mean? So there's just a higher likelihood, I believe, um, of bad things happening if we don't control those inputs and if we don't control our thoughts past those inputs. And again, another example, just to dumb it down, think about going into a job interview. If you if you're having just extremely negative thoughts and fearful thoughts of how bad this interview will go and how bad you'll screw up, do you think that interview is going to go better or worse if you go into that interview thinking with positive inputs? You know, positive inputs could be look at all the times in the past I've done well, look at all the times in the past I've been confident. Or the inputs of negative thoughts. Oh my God, you know, last time I had an interview, it was horrible and I screwed up and I was stumbling my words or whatever it may be. Those inputs are no doubt going to have an impact of how you're going to perform in that interview. So I'm just trying to connect the dots here with, with different examples. And so those are the short, obviously short-term um, negative effects. But again, if we live in this continually and over a long period of time those fear and the fear and stress can also have very negative long-term effects you know living with chronic fear can make you more susceptible to high blood pressure it causes changes to our brain constantly taking us out of homeostasis which drastically impacts the likelihood of us dealing with prolonged anxiety and depression you know, the longer we, we stay in these fear and stress states, the more that has a drastic impact on, on our brains, on the chemicals that are released, all these ups and downs, the, the taking us out of homeostasis, taking us out of what's normal and what's natural and what's calm. You know, that has a big impact on our, on our stress levels and on our health over time. And if you've felt stressed over this year during the pandemic, during COVID or whatever, I'm sure you've felt these feelings of whether it's depression or whether it's more anxiety, you know, so let's just have the awareness that there is a way out here.
And there's a way to manipulate our inputs and manipulate what thoughts we're having to help us during these times. So hopefully these stories are showing how our thoughts, which stem from our inputs, give rise to us experiencing fear. Okay, so now that we have a little bit of awareness on that, and hopefully I explained some stories that, that everyone can relate to a bit, um, I do want to discuss the framework that's going to help us to be less fearful and to learn the skill to be able to exit fearful states. So I've come up with a, fr a framework that I call the capital I framework. And think about it in three different ca categories, input, interrupt, and interject. So first, we have the initial input of what I've kind of touched on so far. We can't control all the input we experience. As we all know, life is filled with unexpected surprises, but we can control a very large portion of it. So we can control what media, what news we're taking in. Uh, the people we hang out with, the conversations we have, are those, oh, are, you know, that, those are all inputs. What are we talking about when we get together? Are, are we only talking about how drastically negative COVID is? What, all the bad that's happening? You know, what are the conversations we're having? What books and articles are we reading? And we also have the ability to believe the input or not. For example, the car flipping example. We could, she believed that we were going to flip, therefore bringing on the emotions of the fear of what it would be to flip. Um, whereas I didn't believe that input. I said, Jess, why are you, why are you so scared right now? She said, these winds are going to flip us over. I said, and I chose not to believe that. I chose, even though now that's part of my input, I wasn't going to believe that input. I, we have the power, we have the ability to believe that input. If we read a, an article in the media, we don't need to believe that. We have to remember that negative news sells. Negative news is, is what's attra what attracts people. When we hear of a catastrophic death or incident, that catches our attention more so than, oh, this person had a, had a great day today or this person, you know, won the lottery that doesn't that doesn't spark our interest as much as a catastrophic negative example but so we got to have the awareness that they're trying to sell headlines they're trying to acquire more readers or more viewers by making these awful headlines and some of those stories might not be the full truth they might be manipulating the truth to a certain extent so we need to understand what is our truth we don't need to believe all these inputs they might not even be true but what is true to you what do you believe in and what are you going to latch on to during this time? And this is a practice and will take time to believe these new thoughts. It'll take time to not believe these headlines and to believe your truth. But that's the work. That is the work. But we do have control of the majority of our inputs. And even if we don't have some control, we can choose what they mean or we can choose to believe them or not. So the second category is the interrupt category. If you are caught in the middle of some really fearful thoughts, the most useful action is to interrupt them. And you're saying, okay, Joel, yeah, easier said than done. How the heck do I interrupt them when that amygdala is running the show and I can't interrupt them? It's taking over. It's a, it's a flood of instantaneous fear, emotions, physiological changes. 
Well, try this relaxation response to help you out next time you're caught in the middle of those fearful thoughts. So try six deep abdominal breaths and more if needed. Um, and try these through the nostril. I'm not a breathing expert, but there's a lot of benefits about breathing through the nose. And a deep breath is really breathing, like I said, into that abdominal portion. All the way, moving that diaphragm in and out six times in a row. Usually we hear, just breathe, breathe through it. And it's like, yeah, 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 I got it. I know that already. But are you actually doing it? Are you actually taking the time to take those six deep breaths in a row to break that pattern, to become aware of our breath rather than those fearful thoughts? Because usually we don't have the awareness to interrupt the fearful thoughts. But these deep breaths will actually put us into the present moment of focusing on our breath and will result in a physiological change. So that is the biggest one. Start with those six deep breaths just to break that pattern, break that cycle of fear. And then we can focus on, on a, a soothing word or phrase. It could be whatever soothing to you, whether that's beach, on the beach, warmth, comfort. That could just be any word or phrase that, that might bring some kind of soothing um, focus uh, to interrupt those fearful thoughts. The next one, which is extremely powerful, is visualization. So visualize a tranquil scene. Or what I like to do is visualize myself past the stressful circumstance or moment. So in the in the event of us driving to the mountains there and the windstorm, you know, it could have been very helpful to just close your eyes, do these deep breaths, and then visualize yourself arriving at the resort, arriving at the condo with a, with a smile on, playing music and playing that visual and believing and putting yourself in that moment. That has a very, very powerful, profound impact on breaking the fearful cycle. It puts us into the new emotions of actually experiencing that. We don't need to be physically experiencing something to feel the emotions and feel the feelings of something. If you close your eyes and visualize yourself on a beach smiling, drinking a pina colada with the music on, you know, you're going to start to smile and you're going to feel happy. You're going to feel like you're there. So there's extreme benefit to doing this while interrupting those fearful thoughts. And or if you're not a visual person, utilize a mantra. You know, I am safe. Um, I, I, I am arriving at my destination. I am okay. Whatever it may be, utilizing a mantra. And so that's interrupt. The third category is interject. Interject new thoughts after we are in a more relaxed state. So once we have um, interrupted those fearful thoughts, um, now we have to interject new thoughts or else we might just relapse back into those fearful thoughts. If we don't quickly replace them with something new, we might just relapse and fall back to those fearful thoughts. So try to interject with either optimism, you know, optimistic thoughts. You know, this is this this is just temporary and we're going to have a great time. You know, we're still in a road trip. This is awesome. Whatever it may be, some positivity or if that's too hard to jump to. Go to something neutral. Go to a neutral thoughts. I'm alive. I am in a car. You know, I have shoes on. Whatever it may be, just <laughs> anything that's not negative. It could be neutral 
or if we're feeling saucy, go to that positivity or optimism. So make sure we're interjecting new thoughts after we've interrupted those fearful patterns. So that's pretty much the sum of it. And this episode was just basically to give us some more awareness that, and hopefully some empowerment, knowing that we do have control over our emotions. We can have a drastic uh, control over how we feel. We don't just have to be led astray by led by all these inputs that we don't have control over we have control over the inputs we don't have to listen to every news story and we you know we have the ability to control our inputs and we have the ability to interrupt our negative thoughts and we also have the capability to interject new thoughts so i'm just my message is just to hopefully bring some new insights, new awareness to spark something that might resonate with you because this is the stuff that truly helps me navigate these times. Uh, you know, I've been extremely I've been extremely lucky um, not to be crazily impacted by this whole circumstance of the year, but at the same time I'm also controlling my inputs. I'm controlling what I take in and what my actions are. You know, I've had an extremely, extremely productive year, starting with taking my coaching certification class back in February. You know, going doing that the whole year. I just passed, and I I'm now certified. Um, doing this podcast journey. I'm, this is episode like 51 or something like that. My goal was 52 for the year. I'm going to hit it. That was a huge stretch goal. Jess and I bought another house. Jess and I's re- relationship has evolved and expanded and and been amazing. We've gone on some great trips. We've you know we're just living an amazing life. I've been extremely healthy. I've I've, I've maintained my health. I've maintained my physique. My my workout regimens. My nutrition. Eating healthy. Feeling great. Like. This year has been amazing and that's because I'm controlling my inputs and being aware of what my thoughts are doing and when I do have those negative thoughts and when I do get sucked into those fearful moments because we all do or when there are circumstances that I can't control and it leads me to feeling fear, I make sure I interrupt those right away and I interject new thoughts and and, and choose whether I want to believe that or not and then I pivot, I pivot my direction and I take new action and this is possible for each and every one of you and I'm here to tell you and hopefully inspire that you can do this as well. So on that note and on that coaching note, entering the new year, now that I have my certification, I will be launching my coaching uh, program and I will be taking on five clients starting in the new year. And I can only take five clients on because I will be working full time. But I'm hoping to work with people who want change or who 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 might seem stuck but are highly motivated, highly driven, somebody who is kind of like me before my journey that I can help them along their process because I know for a fact coaching helps us move at such a fast rate. It's going to collapse time. It's not going to take years to experience change or to help us move forward or to help us get through something it's gonna it's gonna collapse time it's gonna enable us to experience that in a much quicker rate so it's something i'm extremely passionate about it's something i'm extremely excited about to help people and get out there that is my passion that is my purpose and i'm entering these first stages in it and i'm really looking forward to to jumping in this journey so if this is something that resonates with you i'll shortly in the new year i have a new website and a new new email that you can reach out to me 
So stay tuned for that. And if this is something that resonates with you, um, I look forward to hearing from you and potentially working with you. That'll be amazing. So just want to end this episode by saying we all are powerful human beings. And we must realize the power of our thoughts and the inputs we are putting into our mind. We need to be conscious of this power in order to use it to our benefit rather than our downfall. We have the ability to control a large portion of the inputs that affect our nervous system and we can have a strategy for the aspects in life we can control. As for the circumstances out of our control, remember the capital I framework. Be aware of our inputs. Interrupt with the relaxation response and interject new thoughts in order to create a better feeling, a better emotion. When we aren't living in fear, we are equipped to take the actions which will enable us to surrender our average life. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you have an amazing day. Take care.